0: Hey, what's up, Rise Up Live Free podcast listeners. Brad here. We got a a special episode today. We're actually not going to do a podcast. We're going to replay an interview that I had with my good friend, Stephen Larson, around an event that he is putting on here soon. But in that interview came out some great conversation of building wealth as a business owner. So if you're a business owner or if you're wanting to be a business owner or if you're even just side hustling next to your W-2 income, this podcast and the conversation and the points we get into are going to be very, very relevant for that conversation. One thing we discussed there is the path uh, inside of flow Tactics, if you've listened to us for any length of time, you know that we talk about basically all of our strategies are the exact opposite of what you'd hear from a traditional or typical financial advisor or or wealth advisor of any sort. Unfortunately, inside the world of business owners, it's even worse than that because there just is simply no path. If you're running and owning and operating a business, you fall far outside any traditionally taught or trained Path for wealth building because frankly you are um, the unicorn. You're you're the odd man out. You don't fit in a box. And so a lot, we we have uh, we spend so much time with business owners inside of our world helping them get a grasp around how do we take the income and wealth that our business is creating and translate that to us personally to be bu- building personal wealth. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Again, this is a replay of an interview that I had with Stephen Larson just a few days ago about business owners and building wealth. Enjoy.
1: rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast.
2: What's going on, everyone? This is Steve Larson. Welcome back to another Launch for Profit episode. Uh, We have had a ton of fun on the show. The show has been amazing. It is still among the tops of iTunes and entrepreneurship and online selling. Uh, Thank you so much for being a listener here today. I have a special guest on. I don't do a lot of interviews. I've had a lot of you reach out to ask, Steve, can I apply to be on your show? The answer is no. Thank you, though. But uh, the reason is because I'm very careful on who I bring on. It is not by if someone came on through a sponsorship or things like that. I am very guarded on what I'm. Information I'll put through this channel. And uh, so that being said, I want you to know a special guest I have on with me today. His name is Brad Gibb. He uh, is over with Cashflow Tactics and it has been, well, I'll just tell you, I'm very obsessed. I, I actually study money and economics as much, if not more than I study marketing. And the reason is because I have run into too many scenarios personally where I make a lot of money, and then I am stupid with it, and I end up losing it. (laughs) And so I started seeking out education, ran into cash flow tactics, and these guys just put all the pieces together. And they have been, um, quite honestly, probably – the sole, if not like 80% of all financial education that I receive from here on moving forward. It has been exactly what I need. My revenues have grown. My profits, more importantly, have grown. I know what to do with the money. And uh, he's been just an amazing friend and teacher. And so with that, I want to welcome to the show, the amazing Brad Gibb. How you doing?
0: Steve, man, that makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. (laughs) Limited guest and changing lives. That's awesome, man. I'd say the same thing right back at you is I was trying to figure out marketing because I'm not, I'm good at numbers and spreadsheets, but not marketing. And, and uh, I've gone through that journey as well and whittled down to where I don't listen to very many people outside of Steve Larson. So this has been a great
2: symbiotic back and forth. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been super fun. And you and I, you know, just to kind of dive in here, I feel like I remember the first time I ever watched you guys speak. I was like, man, these guys are like in another realm all the finance stuff and all the things to do with the money after. And, and I was kind of a blind entrepreneur that was like, no, it's all about the product. You know what I mean? But this passion mm. thing, don't tell me about my vision. You know what I mean? And then I remember getting slapped with that first tax bill and I was like, Oh, <laughs> <This is laughs> where's <what I'm> Brad? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask uh, just right off the bat, you know, for me, and I know a lot of listeners are probably, you know, the show is launched for profit. The reality is most people just launched for break even. Uh-huh. <laughs> What should an entrepreneur be thinking right after they launch something or even before to kind of help them? I mean, what would you say to someone who's doing their first launch? They don't really know much about financials, like kind of the situation I was in. They really so, don't understand uh-huh. how taxes work and how to ethically and legally not pay a lot of them. You know what I mean? There's a, I mean, that's a world on its own. And one of the reasons why I hired you guys. But what, what would you say to that brand new person? Oh, man. I'm going to split
0: that into two questions. Like if you're the brand new aspiring entrepreneur and have not yet broken, how do I make money? Right? This is going to be counterintuitive advice. But for the most part, I'm going to say delete the necessity for financial conversation and figure out how to make money, like break Mm -hmm. out and how even if you don't net a lot of it, like this investing to create the skill set to know how to take something to market and get somebody to pull out their wallets and pay you is a superpower very, very few people in the world ever actually master. And so the first round, it is legitimate just say, will anybody even pay me for this? Like, I'm not even worried about the business model behind it, but will somebody pay me? Does that make sense? I know that's not the listenership for this because this is launched for profit, which means you've already figured out how to make money, right? But I, I do want to qualify that, that if you are like the aspiring part of this. Know that there is a different path. Know that you need a path for you as an entrepreneur because your life, once you figure out how to make money, will be fundamental. Like you will live in a different reality than like, I mean, even I look out like at my neighborhood that I live in, like we're supposed to all be the same socioeconomic status of the neighborhood that we live in. We picked it for that reason. But I still live in a different reality than everybody here because I can make my own money, not trade my time for lots of it, mm. right? Right. So first off, like that's the most important thing that that we as business owners can really learn and aspire to. But now to answer the question you actually asked as we transition to great launching for profit, right? Before we really say, okay, this is the thing that is going to drive my revenues. Like this is what I've been here for and going to be the core of my business. We have to, you already have the word built into everything you're talking about, which is where most people avoid it is not how much revenue is this going to drive? But what is my plan for this to be profitable? Mm. Right. And to create wealth and revenue. And what is my plan to get paid? And that's as simply as I can put it would be, wait a minute, not just how will money come in and ding through my Stripe account, but what is my plan for me personally to get paid? And one of the first, and I didn't just because of you know, we we all live in our own superpower, and it makes us, you know, unaware of what other people see. But I ran into so many entrepreneurs that once they had their successful launch, they would come to me and say, for a number of reasons, but they come and say, "I'm afraid to pay myself. Like I don't know how." Like Steve, we met in this scenario. Like I have lots of zeros in my in my checking account, but. I don't know how to get any of it. I'm still living on nothing. Like so true. how do I bridge that gap and having a plan to be able to do that? Because I will say this until like, I will die on this sword. Your business does not grow in proportion to how well you bootstrap it, your business will grow in proportion to how much you get paid. Hmm. You personally, as an individual take from the business will really truly determine how much you get paid. And so having a plan and confidently knowing what I can and cannot do with my cash as a business owner is the roadblock to alleviate and it will solve
2: so many of the other problems. That's huge. That's huge. I never thought of it that way, but it's true. I was scared to death because I remember that there was a lot of cash, you know, sitting in there. And I remember you and I started looking at it and you're like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And it was because there, I heard all these horror stories of people getting slapped with these massive tax bills and gurus that I've listened to, like, oh, they had to go to, you know, or not being able out. to pay
0: payroll, right? And pay yeah.
2: payroll?
0: like, well, how much of this is mine and what do I do with it? 100%. Yeah.
2: And I remember when you taught me how to first actually pay myself above salary and it felt so good, but it also removed for me. I remember I was kind of stagnating a little bit. Because I didn't need to go be entrepreneurial and solve problems because there's tons of cash in the business bank account. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I remember I paid myself and then actually you have that Vox. I forgot that you have that Vox where I'm just like, dude, this just changed my life. Like I'm moving Oh my
0: gosh, breaking my brain, yes. <laughs> crazy
2: thing ever. You know, nuts thing. And um, you know, I uh, I kept following that same pattern and principle. And I had a um, a lawyer reach out. He's a great friend of mine, and he's like looking at my some of my stuff, and he's like, dude your business, like, he's like, most of my friends think that you're a downtown executive. They don't, but it's because of the way I treat the money. Funny enough, the revenue really didn't grow that much. It's that you taught me to treat this like our actual CEO, not just like a mm-hmm. title that I'm going to slap on my LinkedIn profile. You know, I mean, it's a whole different skill set. It, it wasn't challenging. I just was totally unaware of it. And that's the thing. Oh man, I'm glad you said it
0: that succinctly because you don't have to be a finance genius right, to be able to understand this. It's just a skill set that needs to be learned. And what I found working with entrepreneurs like you and Russell and uh, lots of other people in this world, what I realized is their financial IQ doesn't grow at the same pace right? They learn to make money. They learn to make offers. Their selling skills increase, right? Their product ability increases, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the financial IQ of what to do, how to keep that money and how to grow that money grows along with it. Okay. And then don't fall for the trap of, and this is what actually holds a lot of entrepreneurs back as well Is you're like, I don't even want to start down that road because then I'd have to be doing all of those things. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to do it. Guys, you understand that when you get to grow your business, once you let go of having to do everything and just knowing what right looks like, how the structure needs to be set up and then hiring people smarter than you to do the jobs, we take that same approach to the financial side. And all we have to do is raise our financial IQ enough to know what right looks like and how the system needs to operate. Then we can go hire the right person into that system to execute. And that's all we do at Cashflow Tactics is teach the system and bring the network to be able to plug in and have that operate but we also know the damage that asking a contractor or a consultant or a really smart person to save us right the damage that that does anytime you show up without a plan and just hoping that they're smart they' they're the guru they're the ones that are gonna fix everything and all I got to do is write a check and my problems go away as we learned it on the on the make money side that doesn't work right it doesn't work on the other side either so it's not an approach of finding the right guy right it's finding the right system, getting our head around that system, and then having people operate it did the same way we do our business,
2: right? It's so true. It's not like I didn't have a CPA before you guys. Right. I did. That's not what you're doing. <laughs> and I assumed that that's what you do. And I think it's one of the reasons I held off for the first little while. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you tied all the pieces, all the things that I've learned from other finance people, all the things. I'd never seen anyone ever put it together like that. So stupid, simple, in a way where I can stay in my lane. You remember when I sent you is a screenshot of all the Amazon books i had bought on mm-hmm. finance. It's just like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to learn about this and this and this and this, you know, and I got shiny object syndrome, like of the next <laughs> entrepreneur. And, and then you're like, stop it. No, stay in your lane. Don't get distracted. You know how to make money, make the money. I'll, we'll teach you the rest. We'll
0: handle that. I was like, no, the world is going to be sad if you know, he <laughs> takes his amazing marketing brain and puts it on that instead. Like we've got that figured out. You do this other side of it. And that's it's exactly and it's it's honestly it's the way the rich do it. It's the way the wealthy do it. It's the way the established do it right. Those that they get out of, you know, that into orbit of I'm actually running a business, not just because if you're going to stay in the lifestyle business, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but there is a distinct difference if we want more than that, because a lifestyle business is just a much better job with a boss that you can put up with, right? Yourself, hopefully at least, right? (laughs) And and you get to own a job and you can do that very free. And that's incredible. I had that vision for a long time, but if we want to really get out of that orbit and build that true lasting wealth, that's what we're teaching and talking about. But funny enough, the same principles that apply up there it's the same principles of gravity that got us off the ground that keep us in orbit, right? So the earlier and sooner we learn those and begin to put those in place, no matter where, what level of the stratosphere we reach with our business, whether we stay lifestyle or go all the way to full-fledged entrepreneur, it's going to be the same principle of gravity that takes us there.
2: Yeah, guys, um, watching or listening to this now, just know that there was a moment I was driving to my truck and I realized that people are faster than books. And Brad was actually the one I reached out to and said, can you just come teach me for a day on whatever you think is cool? I know I'm doing this out of order here. So I, I, to preface this, I just want to ask, could you tell people what your background is? (laughs) I probably should establish that from the beginning, but I was like, dude, please. And we've done a few CEO swap day to day where we just teach each other. And need to do another one. Oh, it simplified so much of my head. You have a very impressive background. Could you just tell everyone where you've come from? Yeah. So I'll do my
0: humble brag here. So (laughs) my, my, my unique perspective on finance was shaped by kind of three major pieces to it. Right. I grew up on a family farm. So, you know, I had to do work or things died. Right. So I had a work ethic forced upon me, which I am eternally grateful for. But I realized, like, wait a minute, if I don't do things, the bad consequences happen. I learned that that no one's coming to save me. And I don't if I don't feel like it, that doesn't matter to the things that I'm responsible for keeping alive. And so that's what I started in a there was no more entrepreneurial environment than that. But I realized at a pretty young age, I wasn't going to do the farming thing. And family farms have this weird dynamic that you need lots of kids to do all the work. But when those kids grow up and need to feed their own families, the farm can't support all of those families. So some of them have to be spread to the wind. And it was clear that my younger brother was going to take over the farm long, like when he was like six. So we're like, OK, I'm why well, I got to go figure out what I'm going to do. And I asked around and said, well, what do I if I'm not a farmer, what do I do? And people are like, well, you need to get a good education and get good grades and then you get a good job. So like, sounds good to me. And Mm. since I knew how to work, I was immediately like at the top of my class because people don't know how to work in general. Like people don't work hard, Mm. but I did get into school. I did very well and I really enjoyed it. And I gravitated toward numbers and finance. And so I was told if one degree is good, why don't I get three and four actually? So I got an undergrad in accounting and a master's in accounting. And then while I was there, I got degrees in statistics and economics to go along with it. I was the guy that was going to school year round, not to graduate faster, but to fit. I still went to five years of school, but I was doing spring and summer and all this stuff to cram it all in. Cause I, I was loving what I was learning. So I have this academic version of money and finance, right? But then I made a decision right at the tail end of my education that I realized so I had done accounting work for companies, I'd done some internships, and I was going to do this, you know, this public accounting thing. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't want to spend my life counting everyone else's money. Like, that's not, as so I'm really good at that. I don't, I don't want to just count everybody else's money. Like, I want my own. So I shifted at the end and said, where do people go with good educations and good lots of degrees to then make money? And it was, well, investment banking. Cool. New York City, here I come, started with Goldman Sachs and jumped into this world of what I thought was going to be, now I'm going to go make money with all this knowledge that I have. Little did I know, this was 2008, Mm. and I was wet behind the ears and out to take over the world, and then the entire world melted down in front of my face, right? And I was working downtown New York City. The Lehman Brothers building was next door to our building, and if you know anything about that time frame, that's when Lehman collapsed overnight, right? In business one day, they opened the next day in Lehman Brothers, that like was bankrupt. It happened not in a day, but between days overnight, they were out of business. Wow. And so we were get off the subway, walking into work and outcome filing hundreds of people with cardboard boxes. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute. Something's weird. Something's off. And I realized. So then during the chaos, I had a front row seat to what is really happening behind the scenes with what, where we think money is made right? First off, the Kiyosaki phrase of A students work for C students, right? And B students work for the government. Like it was no more true there. I was the (laughs) A student. I thought I was going to make money, but really I was making money for the people we were working for, right? So first off, I realized that. And then second, I realized there was this huge discrepancy Because I was sitting in this interesting spot in Goldman. I was actually on the tax side of things. So Mm -hmm. they put teams together where we had investments, we had business, and we had tax, right? So I was on the tax part of that team where we were working with the high net worth individuals. And I realized, I was like, wait a minute, the finance principles that I was taught about like how to analyze markets and do all of that was not the same principles that drove personal wealth. They were following a completely different set of rules. So, And I got to see that. I was like, wait a minute, there's a gap, right? So I had the academic knowledge and then I had the institutional knowledge. And then as I transitioned out of this, I'll tell my Jerry Maguire story in a minute, but as I transitioned out of this, I then got mentors that were worth, I wasn't okay with, I didn't want millionaires mentoring me. I didn't even want people worth 10 or 20 million. Like I had people worth 100, 200, 300 million mentoring me. And I was like, okay, those guys are, that's the rules of the game that I want to learn how to play, right? So- with all of this I was like okay I'm making money is not happening even you know in a downtown Wall Street firm because either I could be fired tomorrow if you know the, the things continue to go poorly fortunately yeah. I wasn't but I was like okay I'm going to start following their path and step 1 for anyone that was worth north of 100 million dollars was start a business make money learn how to make money that's a 100% of them knew how to do that None, it was not, I have a job and I was good at investing. Like Warren Buffett is not Warren Buffett because he's good at investing. He's good at running a business and starting, like that's what created his wealth from the first place. I was like, okay, I got to do it. And I was like, Jerry Maguire, I'm quitting. Who's coming with me? We all see this reality, right? No, this is like the end of 2008. Why would anyone quit? (laughs) I was insane. I was literally probably diagnosably insane, but I quit went out, started a business. So then now having started and run and been the entrepreneur with the academic part of the finance, seeing into where real wealth is made, that's what led me to say, wait a minute. And I started a business with the sole intent of I want to become wealthy. Like I want personal wealth to come from this. Now, I do think like cash flow Tactics, don't get me wrong. It is a passion project through and through. I love, I work not because I have to, I'm, I'm financially free myself, but I still have this business because I love it. But every way that we designed this was intended to maximize profit, make me financially independent while adding value to the process. And so it's been from those kind of three pillars that we've built the financial strategy that we teach and implement, right? It's not purely intellectual, right? It's not purely financial, like institutional market side but it's got this blend of all three. And it's really what I was able to do is I was able to take what these mentors of mine that were worth hundreds of millions of dollars and bring those same principles down and say, what did those guys do when they were worth as much as I'm worth now? Like, what did they do when they started their businesses? What did they do as they accumulated their first amount of money? And what of those principles can I just start doing now so that I don't have to learn the lessons Mm. once I have the money, right? Those are expensive lessons when I lose real money. I'd rather just learn those now and implement them that way. And so that's what we've brought down. And what we do with entrepreneurs is we say from the very beginning, we can put these principles in place correctly. And there's really only two things wealthy people do they have businesses and they invest for cash flow. End of story. That's it. That's all that they spend their time doing. They don't trade stocks. They don't chase the next Amazon. They're not involved in Bitcoin. Like they start a business and they invest for cash flow. And that's it those are the principles we brought into casual Tactics that so we teach all the time. And it's my humble, humble brag.
2: No, I mean, it's awesome. So when did you start becoming a writer for Agora? Because there's a very key meeting in there that when you told me that, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. and opened my eyes. And I was like, this, this. Because it's very similar to what you just said right? in all my entrepreneurship and marketing classes in college. It's not that those weren't true principles. They were mostly meant for big E entrepreneurship though. They weren't mm-hmm. meant for small e-entrepreneurs. And so it's not the principles don't work. You just apply them differently to a brand new startup. And what we were learning was big, massive corporate level marketing strategy, yep. not an even entrepreneurship strategy from the eyes of a VC firm, not like grassroots yes. startup, don't take on cash, learn to actually make this thing work. Like that's a different game. And and when I saw poof, yep. that, when I started working for Russell, that's what really happened was like my eyes. Got changed. I saw how the game was really played in the small zero to $10 million range and yeah. seeing all these guys get out of it, but it's totally different. And so when you start talking about that, I'd love for you to tell the Agora kind of like what happened there as well. Cause that's like, that was so key. That was a big deal.
0: Yeah. So one of the one of the first businesses that I was a part of, we were rolling out an element of the strategy that's now part of Cashflow Tactics, what we call the vault. That's a high cash value life insurance strategy that the wealthy have used for a long time. I don't listen to Dave Ramsey, right? This is what the wealthy actually do. And we were trying to get some more traction with this. We were having lots of success with word of mouth, but we wanted to get this out there. And so we got a contact at Agora and we had put together if you know how Agora works is they just like launch newsletter 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 and then yeah. whatever hits they continue to work on and so we became a newsletter that hit for them for about a 2 year time span to yeah. where we were we were teaching this concept so they were the ones doing the marketing for it and then we were fulfilling the strategy on the back end but they needed somebody that understood the strategy to work with the copywriters to actually create the content that somebody would subscribe to yeah. so we wrote a multi-part like a 30-part um, newsletter that somebody would buy and subscribe to and then work through and understand this process. So I was writing that with them. And then it was part of one of their, you know, obviously a $49 newsletter leads to, you know, a much bigger subscription. And so we were part of this bigger package that people got into. And part of that came with a, some live events. So I was writing this ongoing newsletter. And then I was, we were participating and we, I was one of the, the speakers at the event. And so we went out, flew out to Florida. To speak at this event. And then afterwards, I got invited to hang out with Mark Ford, who would become a mentor through this process. Cause I was writing for his wow. division of the newsletter. He was kind of the, the godfather looking over this and the copywriter was trying to make it salesy. I was trying to make it real. Right. And then he was just infusing this hundred, $203 million net worth wisdom on top of it to be like, well, this is how we're going to merge these two worlds. And so we went to his house afterwards and we're hanging out at his cigar bar and the problem that we were trying to, to resolve and write about at the time was the problem of asset allocation. And traditional typical finance says, of your assets, we make it like a pinwheel or a pizza, and we take little slices, right? We have a little bit of this, and then we balance it with a little bit of that. And we have a little bit of this, and we diversify a portfolio, right? And everybody argues about the mix of the portfolio. Yeah. And as I've been working through this, working with Mark Ford spent time on Wall Street studied it academically I was like none of this makes any sense and nobody actually did this like this isn't how anybody made their money this idea of asset allocation and yeah. so I backed off and I was trying to work through like how do we put wealth how was wealth? Not managed once it's created, but how was it created in the first place? Like what was the order of operations? And I thought I was thinking without having the words for it, I was thinking of wealth and what we call path dependent, meaning it's not like grocery shopping. Okay. Grocery shopping is not path dependent. When you go to the grocery store and you grocery shop, you just need to get all the things in your cart. And it doesn't really matter if you grab the cereal or the eggs first. Like they just both need to be in your cart when you check out, right? Yeah. That's the approach most people take with wealth. Just get all the right things in the cart. What they don't understand is wealth is most things we do in our life is not like grocery shopping. It's path dependent, right? Getting dressed, it very much matters the order we get dressed in. Does it not? Sure. Like we can't put our pants on before underwear. Like it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. We have to go and we can't put our shoes on before we put our socks on. Like it has to go in a certain order to get the outcome we want. Yes, we need all of the elements we're getting, but the order makes sense, right? Yeah. Going to the dentist is very path dependent. Your experience at the dentist would be very different if you got a root canal and then he gave you anesthesia <laughs> versus getting anesthesia first and then having a root canal. That's, does that path dependency make sense? Yeah,
2: totally. Okay.
0: Wealth is path dependent, not the grocery cart. So the pinwheel asset allocation is grocery shopping style wealth management. Wealth creation is what is the right order to go in. So I laid all this out for Mark. I was like, okay, man, this is the way I want to write this. Like... Here's the order. And we do this first and this order. And it's, it has nothing to do with how much money you have in the allocations. It's the order you take. And you do this step one, then step two, then step three, then step four. And you do nothing until you reach this. And then once you've reached this, this door opens and we can make these investments. And the more excited I got, as I, you can hear me on the podcast, and I was drawing this out on a napkin, the more like he got this smirk on his face. <laughs> He's like sitting in his cigar bar, this big old Cuban cigar, probably Cuban cigar. I don't smoke. So I don't know. But it looked really cool. And he's like, <laughs> lean, every time I go deeper, he'd like lean back more in his chair and smirk. And then mom and I was like, did the big ta-da, this is how it needs to look. He just like chuckled. And was like, he's like, Brad, like, that's actually the best like, articulated version of wealth creation I've ever seen. Like, that's exa- and it's exactly what I've done. I didn't use all the same words, but you actually explained it better than I could have even explained my own path. And by the way, every wealthy person I know did the exact same thing. I was like, "We got a million-dollar product, and we got to get this out." And he's like, "I will never publish it." What, Mark? What are you talking about? Like, you just validated. He's like, "Yeah, no no one will pay for it. It's not what they want to hear." They just want the next flashy, ritzy, exciting thing oh my that they gosh. can think their problem will go away and they don't want what you just described. Dude. It's like we can't sell it, so we'll never write it. Like, oh my
2: god. <laughs> Talk oh. about the man behind the curtain. Oh my yeah. goodness.
0: And it's not even sinister. Like some of Mark's stuff is this, but he just knows like it's not what you're asking for. You're just <laughs> asking for the next quick fix, right? And so I remember there that night deciding, like, I will get this out and people will hear about it because I know people want to, and I'll do the work necessary to get them to understand it. And so that was like another big shift. And that actually led to me walking away from that company that I was working with and for there. Like I'd built up to, I was making half a million dollars a year. I was writing for these companies. I was on stage. I was doing all this, but I became obsessed about like, nope, that's the formula. And I have like... That's when it was like angelic choirs, heavens open up, Brad, you have to go teach this. And my current business partner, Ryan, and then later we went up with Jimmy. That's when we just decided like, okay, I like I walked away from everything, went almost a year because I had to like figure out contracts and negotiations and splits and all that stuff from what I was in a year of not even being able to make money or even do anything with this to have that waiting period and then, and then start into what we're doing. And so that was the
2: shift. That's amazing. That's powerful. And thanks for spending time on that because I just want people to know and hear, like that when you're speaking, this is not like another finance book. When you share these principles, because I was blown away by this has been a topic heavy on my mind for a very long time. And when you first started sharing it with me, I was like, oh my goodness. I immediately shared it and just started talking, like showing other people. And they're like, oh wow, that is fascinating. You know, but it's not like it's this sexy flash in the pan stuff. It's like stuff that's real that works and had I not been doing what you told me to do over this last year, I would not have been prepared for the six-figure tax bill I got. And it would have been easily twice as much. Yeah. It would have been a massive tax bill. Um, and I wouldn't have known what to do with it and where to invest it and how to make it grow make it bigger. And now suddenly there's this real personal purpose for me to wake up every day, come here and do this. Yes, it's to help people. But also it is equally just as much to make a profitable company, launch for profit, you know? Hey, I don't want to take too much more of your time here, but um, guys, if you don't know, Brad Gibbs is going to be speaking at my event called Offer Launchpad. It's November yeah. 8th, 19th and 20th. Woo. And uh, we were just talking about the title. <laughs> okay. Everyone put a little thick skin on here, right? It'd be so good. Yeah. It's why two comic club winners are broke. Why most two comic club winners are broke. Help my funnel works. <laughs> right? The scenario is, which is all too common, all right, you go and you make a funnel that works, you follow Steve Larson's advice. Oh my gosh, there's cash flow raining everywhere and you're excited, but now you don't know what to do with it or you blow it or you just, I have so many of my mentors who say that have never had, they have nothing to show for the first like 10 years in business because they yep. didn't know what you teach. Yep. And, um, and that is I'm what- We've been told,
0: go follow Brad Gibb. That's what we're out to change. And a little teaser to it is when we applied to be in Russell's inner circle, he actually told us, no, we have a kind of this no financial advisor rule. Because financial advisors are the worst you guys. Come on. Honestly, they're <laughs> the worst. And he's like, I don't want, I want people here that actually want to market. And I've never met a financial advisor that actually wants to market. Yeah. But I was like, please just like, let's talk. Like, I want to show you what we do. And then he researched us and saw what we did at Agora, saw some of that stuff. He's like, wait a minute. So he actually admitted to me after he let us in. He, he broke his rule, let us in. And he admitted, he's like, I let you in because I wanted to learn from you guys. And he's like, I wanted to get you guys good enough that you could tell me because he's like, I don't want to listen to anything. Like, he was falling asleep in all of our presentations at the beginning. He's like, I want to get you good enough so you could teach me in a way I could learn so I could do the stuff that you're doing and then fix this problem. He's like, I didn't want ClickFunnels to grow and create all of these millionaires or like gross revenue funnels of a million dollars and not and have them repeat the 10 years that I had. So he's like, I wanted you guys in here to be able to do that. So that's where we're going to be talking through the beginnings of that concept, that model, that thought process. So, it's what we taught Russell. It's what we taught you. It's what we taught, mentored a good majority of the inner circle. And then all of the rest of our business owner clients around how do we take what is either destined to be or already is a seven-figure funnel and put those structures and processes around it to make it profitable, sustainable, and wealth-building for the entrepreneur.
2: It's going to be amazing. So fun. I thought finance was boring until we started doing it. So I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I finally have control over this thing. that was previously pretty scary, you know? You know uh, what the levers
0: are and you know how to pull them. You know how to get results. Yeah. Like it's, it just becomes a game that we learn and then it's fun to play.
2: It's just the skill set. And it's not like a surgery level skill set. Like you don't have to be everyone. You don't need four degrees and to go to do what he's pulling off. He's made it super simple. Uh, Beats that you gave at my last event is still, I mean, I've done probably six events now. Still to this day, is probably the most popular speech by popularity. I mean, just it, yes. it blew people's brains. I mean, and oh, my gosh, that's not as insane as I thought it would be. And he moved back to the veil, the marketing veil, of, you know, financial advice that were being sold versus what actually happens and works. So anyway, I could keep going with you on this. <laughs> but guys, uh, go get your ticket at offerlaunchpad.com. November 18th, 19th, 20th, Brad Gibbs is going to be there and, and teach you what to do with money that's coming from the funnel. And uh, when you should hit certain thresholds and how it's not rocket science. Um, it's just not very well known. And for a reason. Cannot
0: <laughs> wait. It's gonna, oh, It's going to be so much fun. I love your audience. I love working with people that are either successful or destined to be successful and that are already of this mentality of Let's go change the world and let's make a bunch of money in the process. So it's gonna be great. Nothing wrong
2: with that, my fellow capitalist pigs. (laughs) I will be wearing the capitalist pig T-shirt. Oh, uh, yes, red or black. That's pretty much the uniform. (laughs) Hey guys, go get your ticket to offerlaunchpad.com. Excited, grateful to have you there as well, Brad. And we'll see you guys there. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. Do you want to connect with me and other empire builders who are on a mission to take control of their financial plans and become financially free in 10 years or less?
0: Well, then join us in our private Facebook group where we get to go deeper into the topics of financial freedom. And it's the only place you can see the actual results of people on their path to financial freedom, learn what's working and
1: interact as a community dedicated to becoming financially free. When you join, you'll get immediate access to exclusive training in a private membership area. This training will empower you in your path to becoming financially free and it will fast track your results. This is the only place you get access to this exclusive content. So be sure to join us in the Facebook group now. Just go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash group
0: or head over to Facebook and search Cashflow Tactics to join.
1: I look forward to you joining us next time on the Rise Up Live Free podcast.